are now listening to an inspirational message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where Dr. Michael Wesley Sr. is pastor. Please join the service in progress. Somebody came needing this morning. Somebody came hoping today. 
the whole purpose. All of the other things that we want, we need God more. And that's what I want you to do. Just think about that just for a few moments. goes right with it. Somebody know what it says. I need again your human out of self fill us with the Holy Spirit speak to us and through us and bless now the word that you would give you know what we need you know who will hear it you know where it will go send now the truth as you will and bless like only you can we ask it all in the name of your son Jesus in Jesus name we pray amen I don't know how that make y'all feel, but man, sometimes that's where I want to be. I just want to break loose like that. Just, God, I need you. I can't do this without you. Amen. Lord, we need to get to the word here. Matthew Gospel chapter 10. Continuing as we have been in the, for the last little while. And we'll eventually get out of this, but this is where the Lord got us now. Verses 24 through 31 now is what, 26 through 31, well, 24. The disciple is not above his master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, 
how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light. And what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. This is the word of God for the people of God. Because I want to set this over the next few weeks, I'm talking about discipleship distinctives. What are the distinctive things about being a disciple? But in particular today, I'm talking about overcoming your fear of people. Overcoming your fear of people. <coughs> to be a disciple of Jesus is to be a follower. The word disciple in its generic, basic meaning is to be a learner. We're learners. We're followers. And the illustration of that is never more clear in Scripture than it is here in the 10th chapter of Matthew. Where we see live human specimens. Twelve men that Jesus has called. And he called them to become followers, to become learners of himself, to learn about who he is, to learn about his word, to learn about his ways, to learn about where he came from, to learn about where he's going, and to then be the recipients of all of that teaching and to put it in practice as he sends them out into the world to now cause other men and women to become disciples. And that's why it's so important to us. Matthew's gospel from start to finish is designed for one purpose. And that is to help his readers to know that Jesus is the king. He's the king of the Jews. He's the king of the world. He's the sovereign Lord from heaven. And sequentially, he's laid it out. He's laid it out in the first eight chapters about who Jesus is. You hear it. Look at what chapter 1 says. He came down through his generation and this generation and this generation. It traces his genealogy all the way back to Adam, brings it down through David, and shows that he is the Jewish Messiah. Then Matthew shows that other people knew that he was the king. Wise men showed up in Jerusalem, and they said, where is he? The one that born king of the Jews. We know he's here. We've seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. God knew he was the king. When he was baptized by John, God opened heaven and said, You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. The devil knew he was the king. If you be the son of God. Turn these stones into bread. And Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, 
but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus then said himself, I'm the king. And he began to teach the word in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And when he got through, they said, no man ever spoke like this. He doesn't speak like the, like the authorities, the religious leaders. He speaks as one with authority. Then he shows what kind of power he got. Walking in church one day, he saw a man in there with the devil in him. Come out of there! Stopped on the wind, picked up the boys out of the water and on the Sea of Galilee and told the wind, shut up! Healed all manner of sickness and disease, showing that he was the power of God. But then he turned back to the boys. He said, enough of that. He said, what I see is the harvest is plenteous, but not enough help to get everybody saved before the judgment falls. He says, so I want, I want to send you as my representatives. You've been around me. You have learned from me. Now I'm sending you out on a short-term mission trip that give you a little preview of what you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life. Judas, this, this was doubting Thomas. This was cussing Peter. This was fighting boys. This was all of these boys just like us. Not a one of them were qualified. But that's the beautiful thing about the Lord, isn't it? What he does, he qualifies the unqualified. And he makes us where we are in right position. So, so we, we, we see him send them out. And, and he didn't fool them. He said, now I want you to understand that this assignment is going to be a dangerous assignment. He said, I'm sending you out as sheep. In the middle of wolves. And, and, and so he said, they're going to they they eat you up. They're going to reject the word. They're going to reject the message. But you go on anyway because I'm with you. He said, they're going to be vicious because it's not you that they don't like. It's me that they don't like. But I'm sending you out there. And yes, the attack's going to come from everywhere. It's gonna, they're going to attack you from religious institutions. They're going to take you in the synagogues, and they're going to beat you. They're going to scourge you. They're gonna, the government is going to get involved. They're going to bring you before kings and governors, and you, you're going to be hated by all men for my name's sake. He made it clear what kind of assignment it is to be a disciple. And then he said, but this is your response. You be wise. You be smart. Don't, you be smart as serpents. Don't be harmless. Don't be devilish like serpents. But you be smart. And, 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 and you, be, you, you be under control. You be harmless as doves. But be aware of men because that's where your wolves are. Those are the wolves. And then he said, and then when they bring you before councils and all of this stuff to try to embarrass you, don't worry about what you're going to say. Because in that moment, it'll be given to you what you say. And that'll going to come directly from my Father, which is in heaven. He said, and then lastly, I want you to know that there's going to come a time when you might have to run. But don't be afraid. You leave when you need to. And then he comes right to where we are today. And he says, listen, he said, I want you to understand something. That the, a disciple is not above his master. In the same way that a slave, a servant, is not above his Lord. He wants you to understand the goal of discipleship is to be Christ-like. All of the teaching, all of the learning is designed to reshape our minds so that we can be like Christ. But then he says something else I want you to hear well. He said, now don't think that you're going to be treated better than your master. If they talked about him and they called him Beelzebub, that is they called him a devil. They called the miracles that he did were from the devil. He said, then guess what they're going to do to you? 
They're going to call you out your name. Oh, Lord, that's so helpful to me today because it makes me smile when I hear some of the things. Hello? You know, it, it used to bother me, but it don't bother me no more. I guess that's because I've grown up a little bit. And as you grow up a little bit, you get a little thicker skin. And that's what Jesus wanted these men to understand. You have to develop thick skin because people are going to talk about you. They're going to say things that are not true about you. And it largely comes from jealousy and envy and strife and hatred. It comes because you represent a better, brighter ideal than what they have. So the servant is not, the, the disciple is not above the master. That's the first distinctive. That as Christ-like, the more Christ-like you become, the more like Christ they're going to treat you. And, 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 and if they took him to a hill called Calvary. Listen, you and I are subject to, aren't we? So, so get that straight, boys. Nobody's bothering them right now because they hadn't gotten bold yet. They hadn't gotten bad yet. This was just the introduction. But later on, after Jesus go to heaven and they start rounding them synagogue, round in Jerusalem, and they preaching, and, and them same ones that had Jesus put to death start having those guys arrested and having them beat and having them scourged. And ever since then, man has been ugly, man. The Romans came against the Christians. They lied on them. They called them cannibalists because they talked about eating the body of a man and drinking a man's blood. And they just turned on the Christians. And every generation, there are people who turn in on the Christians. And so listen, listen, listen. Here's the second distinctive is he says it three times in the passage. Fear them not. Do not be afraid of them. And who is he talking about? He's talking about men. And what I want to help you understand as a disciple, as a Christ follower, is that you have to overcome the fear of people so that you can be an effective witness. Now, 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 this, this man, you ought to stand up here sometime. See the faces of people. Sometimes people be looking so ugly. You going to say that? Take it back. Don't you say that. You talking about me. You talking about my fault. Hush. But you still have to say it. And that's the point. That's the point. See, what, what, what fear does to a Christian is it strangles his testimony. If the devil can make you shut up and not be a witness, then God's people will never receive what God intends. See, that's why when I come in, I, I don't look around. I sit down there and I close my eyes and I'll be praying that Lord help me because when it's time, you got to go, go out of here with something. And if I let the devil steal from me, you're going to go from here hungry. Are you following that? So, so he's saying three things. He said, he said disciple is, is, is not above his master. He, he said that if they talked about him and called him and assigned names him, you're going to get it too. Okay? But secondly, he said, if you're going to be a true disciple, you got to be a person who overcomes fear of people. God, we need that in our nation today. All we need, we need, we need Christian men and women who are true disciples to rise up and to speak the truth. You're going to see it in just a minute. Let me give you three reasons and I'm going to let you out. Why? You need to overcome your fear of people. And Jesus makes it clear here. He's told them it's a crazy assignment. It's dangerous. They're not going to like you. They're going to come against you and all those things like that. But here's reason number one. 
He says, verse 26, he says, fear them not, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. Now, now, what is Jesus doing? He's taking a series of nuggets from different sermons that he's preached at different times. Every great teacher does that. Every great preacher does that. Jesus spoke over here to these men one time. He spoke over here to another group of people. He spoke over here to another group of people. He spoke to another group of people. And sometimes he would repeat some of the things that he said over here, over here. So you'll see throughout the Gospels that he has repeated these sayings, but these are nuggets of truth that he knows are going to bless. And what is he saying? He said, you don't have to be afraid of folk because one day you're going to be vindicated. That's the word, vindication. Vindication. And how many have ever, if you've ever been vindicated, if, you, if you've ever had the Lord to finally reveal the truth when somebody else have thought something different about you, it'll bless your life. It'll bless your life. And, and this is what Jesus said. Look, he took this same teaching. Let me show it to you. In another time, he spoke it. Luke's gospel, chapter 12. Luke, you go over to Luke's gospel, chapter 12. And Jesus is talking now to the disciples again. And he's talking to them about the Pharisees. And he warns them. He said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Now, what is the leaven of the Pharisees that he was warning them about? Be aware of the hypocrisy. Pharisees were fake people. They, they, they looked like they were religious. Outwardly, Jesus had said, they were painted like tombs. But on the inside, they were full of dead men's bones. And, and, and he said, and one day, God is going to uncover that which has been covered and reveal the truth. And one, all he's saying is one day God's going to unmask those men and going to show them for what they are. And, and, and that's why Jesus wants the disciples to be bold enough in their witness to tell the truth because the phonies one day are going to be exposed. Oh, help us here, Lord. Man, listen, listen, listen. I, I, I don't want to get into this thing, but I've had a couple of major incidents in my own life and where the Lord has had to reveal some things. Because, man, that was a time in the early days of my uh, career, ever before I got into school administration. Man, I looked up one day and I, I found myself the headlines in the newspaper. That band director is being sued for $100,000 for something that I know that I did not do. And you know what? I said, Lord, I don't know what this is all about. But guess what? After a while, the Lord showed up. And it went away. And I never heard any more about it. Thank God for vindication. Listen, man, I'm telling you the truth. There was another man in this town who tried his level best to hurt me. He wanted to ruin my name. He wanted to ruin my reputation. But the Lord, the Lord did it. Before I knew anything, this man was run out of town, and they tell me his girlfriend had shot at him. <laughs> the Lord. The Lord will do it. Anybody ever had the Lord to, to bring you out? Anybody ever talked about you? Anybody ever said something that wasn't the truth? And the fake people were smiling and thought they had their head huddled up and they had circled the wagon and they thought they almost had you. But then God steps out of nowhere and uncovers that which is hidden. Listen, America, we need bold people because we are turning this democracy into a clown show. We are about, we are about the big lie and we continue to 
to support it. Look, right here in the state of Alabama, I'm sorry, but I'm, I got to be bold. I got to say what the Lord gives me to say. Right here in the state of Alabama, just the other night, we brought in the former president to speak to a group, raised more money than anything, brought out more people, but it's all based on a lie. It has been proven and people have seen it with their own eyes that the election was not stolen. But that lie continues to be propagated and people continue to circle the wagons irresponsibly and even men and women in Congress rather than telling the truth continue to cover it up but the day of vindication will come when God will uncover that which is hidden and that which is not known and yes that's what Jesus said in John 8 and you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And then he said, and whom the Son sets free, free indeed. I'm free this morning. I'm free. Amen. Listen, and don't look at me funny. The church is the only place that people get uncomfortable when the truth is told. We can use the medium for everything else. We can use bully pulpits for whatever we want to use it for. We can use social media to put all of the smut of the world out there. But when we want to put the truth of God out there, then we want to look as if something is wrong with the man of God for telling the truth. And it's only because other people won't stand up and tell the truth. And I believe in my heart that people really do know the truth. But I think they go along with it because of what they think they might get. But Jesus is saying this. He said, not only not must you know that you can speak the truth as a disciple, even though they're not going to like it, even though they're going to reject it. He says this. Secondly, you can be venerated. Because what that simply means is you have to love God more than you love man. You have to respect and fear God more than you respect man. Listen to what Jesus said. He made it clear in both of these cases. He said, listen, when, when I speak to you in your ear, you speak, you preach it from the rooftop. What I say to you in dark, you tell it in the light. Now, I was sharing this morning how that worked in, in, in Jesus' day. In Jesus' day, the Jewish rabbis, they would teach their students, they would teach their learners how to speak in public. And what they would do, they would stand beside them. If there was the speaker that was here, the Jewish rabbi would stand here and he would whisper in his protege's ear. And then the protege would speak what the rabbi has spoken. Jesus is saying that to these disciples and he's saying that to you and I. He said, what I tell you in your ear, you get out front and you proclaim it to the public. Don't, you don't have to make it up because what I'm giving you is nothing but the truth. So help you God. In those days when they needed a pulpit, they would just go up on top of the house. For the wealthy people had ranch style houses. And on top of the roof would be a little patio. They would have their socialization events up there. Sometimes they would sleep up there. Sometimes they would eat up there. But when people wanted to make an announcement, they'd go up on top of the roof. And they speak it out loud. And people in the village and people everywhere could hear. Wasn't no lawnmowers roaring. Wasn't no tractors passing by. Wasn't no cars. Wasn't no trucks. Wasn't nothing to distort the message. So Jesus is saying, what you hear in your ear, get up on that roof and preach it in the public. But you know why we can't preach it in the public? Because we ain't heard nothing in the ear. And one of the reasons I think that's why, that's why grown men and women who have been well-educated, law school, and all of those other kinds of things that sit in the halls of Congress can't say anything because they never spent quiet time with God to hear what God has to say. And the few people who have tried to stand up a cut down, they vote them out, they get rid of them. And I think that's what creates fear. 
And I think that's what creates fear in people is because we want to guard our reputation. We want to be well-liked. We want to be well-spoken of. But listen to what Jesus say about your veneration here. He says, it is better to respect God rather than man. All man can do is kill the body. But look at where the real power is. The real power is in God who can destroy not only the body, but also the soul in hell. Maybe you don't understand. See, you're, 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 you're a trifold being. You got body, soul, and spirit. When God made the first man, you know what he did? He, he scooped out of the soil and, and he formed the body. But, but he blew the spirit in him. And the spirit came from God. See, when God was in the creating process, he would look at what he wanted to call and call out of it what he wanted it to be, and that's what it became. For example, he looked at the earth. He said, let there be light. And, and boom, there was light because God spoke it, and that's what happened. And when God was ready for something else to come, he looked at the ground. He said, bring forth. And, man, trees popped up and started saluting. Man, when he got ready for stuff to start living, he looked at the water. He said, bring forth. And fish started swimming. He looked at the sky. He said, bring forth, and things start flying. But when he got ready to do the human, he didn't look at anything that was already in existence. He called a council of himself, and he said, let us make man in our image. So when he said, let us make man in our image, bam, out of God jumped man. God is a spirit, so the spirit came from God. And then because God did not want the human to live and dominate in a pure spirit environment, he goes to the soil. And he makes a body, earth suit, and he blows that spirit in him. Now, look at what happens when a man dies. When a man dies, his body goes to the ground, but the spirit goes where? Back to God who gave it. So Jesus is saying, look, don't be afraid of man because all man can do is deal with your body. But you better watch the one who got the power to deal with your body and your soul and put both of them in hell so if you want to know where the real power is see you got to be willing to love God so much so that you want his approval and when you got his approval it does not matter what man say man will ever give you the full credit Listen, you can line up and you can kiss up with this man all you want to. But as soon as he gets what he wants, he's going to show you just exactly what he think about you, which is absolutely nothing. Some of these people should have learned the lesson from other folk. He's throwing everybody under the bus. I read just today how he's already upset with his former vice president. Because his former vice president, somebody heckled him the other day and they asked him, said, why didn't you stand with the president? You are a traitor. He said, uh, you should, they said, you should uh, uphold the Constitution. He said, read it. <laughs> you got to know the truth. And when you know the truth, you just cannot continue to go along with it. Listen, I'm just, I'm speaking now more than political. I'm speaking to parents. Parents have got to speak the truth. You got to be more than, you got to overcome your fear of your children. And you got to be willing to tell them the truth. You got to tell your grandchildren the truth. They might not like it. They may push back against it. But they'll get over it and they'll be thankful and grateful for what you have shared. Remember a time, man, I used to be mad with my daddy. I didn't like what he said. I was 12 years old, man. I worked in my first job. Came home from work, man. Had gotten paid $12. 12 whole dollars. And as soon as I walked in the door, he stepped from behind the corner. He said, boy, give your mama some of that money. I said, daddy. And she tried to defend me. Henry, that boy ain't got no money. Give your mama some of that money. And, and, and I, I couldn't understand it then. But I'm so thankful today because that man was teaching me 
at a young age that all that I get is not for me to use for myself that a part of it had to go to the household that I was living in and help take care of the responsibility there. I don't have a problem sharing today because he insisted then. Just trying to say sometimes that Christian witnesses, when you shut up, when you don't tell the truth, you hurt other people. You let people buy. You let people think that what they're doing is okay. And ultimately, you lead them down wrong trails. And so you got to love God more. That's the mark. That's the distinction of a disciple. He loves God more. Listen at the Apostle Paul. When the Apostle Paul was, was on his missionary journey, third missionary journey, when they told him, man, said, man, don't go down to Jerusalem. When you go to Jerusalem, they're going to get you, man. They're going to arrest you. Well, he kept going. He said, that doesn't bother me. He went in another place. A man, a prophet named Agabus came out. Agabus said, let me borrow your belt. And he took Paul's belt and he tied him up. He said, man, this is what they're going to do to you when you get to Jerusalem. Paul said, listen, don't trouble me with that mess, man. He said, I'm not afraid of my life. He, listen, he had already said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Listen, that man understood how you going to deal with a disciple who has a mission statement like that for his life. When you understand that God is the one who has the power. All man could do. At his worst, it hurt the body, but then all he does then is just bring me into the presence of Jesus. Well, then I'll get a new body that'll last forever. This one won't last forever. Every time I get out of the tub, I leave some behind. Somebody says dirt. It's not. It's decaying skin because this body is passing every day. But my mind is being renewed day by day because I have a building not made with hands. Oh, listen, when the world from you withhold of his silver and his gold, and you have to get along with meager fare, just remember in his word how he feed the little bird. Take your pardon to the Lord and leave it there. So you don't have to be afraid. You can speak because one day the truth is going to be known. What's hidden is going to be uncovered. What's in the dark is going to come to the light. The false is going to be revealed. And God will be vindicated. And you, as a child of God, will be vindicated. You'll also know that one day that God is going to reveal the truth of his power. And he's going he's to put those that need to go to the lake of fire there with the Satan and all of his emissaries. And there they'll be tormented forevermore. And so we have to tell the truth. We have to tell people the truth. We have to tell them that Jesus lives, that there is one king. And, and his name is Jesus. We have to tell them that the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. We have to tell them that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And anyone that doesn't want to come that way are going to end up in a place that they're not going to want to be. But the third reason that you don't have to be afraid it's called valuation. Look at the value that God assigns to the human. Look at what the text says there in verse 29. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your heavenly father, without, excuse me, your father. And then he say, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Look, look at what he says. Jesus says, Look, fellas. He said, I know, I know you can easily get upset. He said, But I want you to see how much I value you, how much I love you, how much I care. He said, Sparrows, you know what sparrows are, wax-winged little birds. The smallest of the birds, millions of them everywhere. Sold for two for a penny. Uh, last time I heard of anything, two for a penny, I was a kid, and they, we used to go to the store and get cookies. Two for a penny. I know I'm dating myself, because I know a lot of y'all don't know nothing about that. But 
For two for a penny? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was, that was a good deal. That was a good deal. As a matter of fact, we talk about bargains, man. I remember when I was driving and gas was 22 cents a gallon. Somebody said, Pastor, please. <laughs> well, somebody in here know it's the truth. Well, you had five dollars, boy, you can have a good time. You can have gas, you can go on a date <laughs> and still have some change left over. <laughs> Listen at what Jesus said. He said, Look, this small little sparrow, little bitty little birds that people in those days would take and, and serve at their banquets as hors d'oeuvres. They would take the little birds and they would pluck them and then they would roast them and stick a toothpick in them and they would serve those at, at the little banquets because they could get them two for a penny or five for two pennies, you know. And, 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 and he said, look at those little things. He said, but I tell you what, as many of them as there are and as insignificant as they are, not one of those little birds can fall to the ground that your heavenly father doesn't know about. And then he, then he turns and he looks at him and he said, look at the hair on your head. He said, your heavenly father not only keeps up with the hair on your head, but he numbers them. He counts them. He knows who you are. I mean, God calculates. Every time you comb your hair and you got a comb full of hair, God recalculates. Okay, that's number 68, number 69, number 70, number 74. I know sometimes he get confused at some of us, right? Because he look at our hair and he say, oh, I thought that was Janice. <laughs> I thought that was somebody else. <laughs> but they changed on me. But it's all right. Listen, God so loves us. This is the point that even if he keeps up, calculates, counts the number of little birds that fall, how much more will he keep up with you when you go through? Look, aren't you a more value than a bird? Jesus teaching the same truth again in Matthew chapter 5. He said, he said, now look, he said, the lilies of the valley. He said, they're clothed today. He said, but then in the evening, they, they just cut down their good for nothing but to be gathered and burned in the fire. He said, aren't you a more value than a lily in a field? Aren't you more value than a bird in the sky? You got God in you. You got the spirit of God in you. You are made in his image. You are made in his likeness. God keeps up with you. He wakes you up in the morning. He tells you, baby, it's time to get going. I got a mission for you today. I want you to go out on that job. I have something that I want you to accomplish today. I want you to call Sally. You had not talked to her in a while. Check on her. Her mother's sick. Give him a call. Pay for the hamburger behind you. I want you on mission for me. And if you do for me what I tell you to do, you don't have to worry. Baby, I'll snatch your door open for you that you didn't even know the door was even there. I'll bless you like you could not, not even imagine. Not only will I bless you, I'll bless your children. I'll bless your grandchildren. Listen at David, I was young, but now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread, because God knows how to do it. Come here, David. David said to God, he said, listen, I don't want you to live out in the tent any longer. I want to build a house for the Lord. But the Lord spoke up to Nathan and he said, you go back and tell David, he don't bless me. I'm the blesser that I'm going to make his name great. Anybody know that God will do it? Won't he take care of you? Won't he make a way? Won't he do it? Won't he show up in the nick of time? Yes, he will. Yes, he will. They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up with wings like eagles, shall run and not be weary, shall walk and not faint. Because when the Lord is on your side, anybody know he's on your side? If the Lord 
had not been on my side tell me where would I be he kept my enemies away he let the sun shine through a brighter day that's what our God will do you don't have to worry talk it out stand on the rooftop tell the world that your redeemer lives stand in the bedroom tell your wife or your husband that Jesus lives tell your children Jesus lives tell your neighbors Jesus lives tell the Republican Party Jesus lives and whatever happens it's going to be all right because God will reveal that which is hidden phonies are going to be exposed veneration is going to come for those who love God and fear and respect him more than the fear of man and then the value that God assigns to us as human beings is a far greater value than birds and hair and things like that and if he so count keeps up with the lilies of the field and the birds of the air and the hair on your head how much more will your heavenly father do for those of you who love and care for him oh god is a good god he's an awesome god he's an awesome god for your goodness lord for your goodness and your mercy we offer praise anybody want to praise him today anybody want to praise him listen listen oh lord we give you praise oh lord we give you glory Oh Lord, we give you praise for your goodness. Has God been good? For your mercy, has he been merciful? We offer praise. We offer praise because he's worthy, I tell you, of all of the glory, all of the honor, all of the thanksgiving. God is worthy. Doors of church open. Doors open today. Somebody might be here today. This is your moment. Don't, 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 don't you be afraid to walk out today. Don't you be afraid to come and give God your heart. Give one of these your hand. Nobody in here has a hell that they can put you in. Although a lot of folk want to send you there, they can't really make you go there. Come on today. If this is your moment, you hear God's voice. Walk out today. Give God your heart. Give one of these your hand. Doors of such open. Come today by level. Christian experience candidate for baptism. This is your moment. This is your moment. This is it. This is it. This is it. Yeah, this is it. This is the day. This is the day. We got time. We're waiting on you. Come on. Come on. Come on. We're waiting on you. Yeah. Come on. Come on. We're waiting on you. We're waiting on you. We're waiting on you. We're waiting on you. Come on, this is your moment.
on, brother. Come on, man. We're waiting on you. Yeah. from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where we are reaching the world for Christ. Located at 2135 Jefferson Avenue Southwest, Birmingham, Alabama 35211. For a copy of a CD or DVD, you can reach us at 205-925-5972 or visit us on the web at www.greatershallow.org. For an uplifting message, please join us for the next broadcast.